Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Today's podcast guest changed my life in a couple of ways, actually. Um, First off, today's guest, Alicia Galati, who you have heard from before, she is a great friend of mine, and she just genuinely likes me, and I genuinely just like her. And when people just genuinely like us and want us to be around, it is life-changing, to say the least. Um, She also changed my life by recommending that I start reading more books for fun and not just like business and self-help books. And that's been a journey and made my life far more uh, interesting. I think that it's actually been a huge key in me not constantly being like my own problem to fix because I'm, I'm not constantly wearing the do better, do better lens. I'll never stop loving to learn. I'll never stop loving to read about how I can become a better person. I just also need to learn to enjoy and love what is already enough. Okay, and the last way Alicia changed my life was by sitting down with me to talk strategy for the She Built This podcast. And if you haven't already heard the news by now, if you're a lawyer listener, you definitely have, but I have a new podcast called Content with Character, which is specifically focused on entrepreneurs who want to infuse more of themselves into their marketing, messaging, and visibility efforts. And the way that that came about was really talking about the She Built This podcast, if you can believe it. If you're new here and you haven't in fact heard of this podcast and you haven't heard of the content with character announcement, nor me, uh, I'll just do a quick introduction, then we'll get into what the bones of this actual episode are. I'm Emily Aborn. I'm the founder and podcast host, as you can clearly hear, of the She Built This podcast. And in addition to the show, um, She Built This is also a community for women entrepreneurs who are building their dreams. And when I say building their dreams, I mean like taking a dream that they have, like something that they really, really want to do, like a burning desire and actually making it a reality, actually making it feasible, like dreams actualized, if you will. So that is what She Built This is all about. That's what happened to me in life. And that is how I want to help other entrepreneurs through this podcast and through the She Built This community by sharing tips and resources and, you know, that in the trenches stuff to keep you going and moving forward when the going gets rough because the going will get rough. I'm also a content copywriter, meaning that I write website copy, blogs, social media, and quite a bit more for one-to-one clients. And I really wanted a way as a content copywriter to bring these concepts to people in in a format that felt really fun and really true and really aligned for me. And lo and behold, that is how Content with Character, my second podcast, was born. Um, I also wanted to be sure that I was upholding the mission of She Built This, which is to lift up other women on this platform, using this platform, and sharing things, sharing information with you that I'm like 0% expert in, because I want you to be able to have access to that and resources. And I also want you to be inspired and hear stories of people who have gone before. So when I sat down with Alicia and shared with her both of my objectives for 
this podcast, um, Alicia really helped me to see that that was a little bit of a tall ask for one show. And she helped me to brainstorm and strategize what some other possibilities were. So after Alicia and I sat down to look at my podcast strategy for this show and, and dive into the listener feedback and things like that, I realized that in order to achieve everything that I wanted for my listeners, in order to make the best use of your time, I needed to make a couple changes and a couple tweaks. So What I want you to hear from that message is that knowing your numbers can give you a very clear path forward, but it can also inspire you in a way that you have not considered yet taking action. And it can inspire you to show up in a way that you have not even thought about, like it might not have even been on the table whatsoever. And that is exactly what it did for me. So that's what I mean. When I say that today's guest, Alicia Galati, uh, changed my life. And if you did happen to miss the news about the Content with Character podcast and you're like, ooh, that sounds interesting, I would definitely like to learn more, I'm going to make sure that there's a link to my to that and the May 31st episode I did of this show. It was a super short one where I just get into a little bit more of that, but also give you some semblance of a sneak peek as to the kind of things that we're going to talk about on that show. So in today's episode, Alicia and I get into why it's so important to look at our numbers, how our numbers can help inform our goals, and how our goals should help inform the numbers that we're even deciding to look at, how we can know if it's working and what to do next and feel a little bit more confident in what you're doing as a result of looking at your numbers. We also talk about when it might be time to get some outside help and what that might actually look like. Because if you're like me, nines, sixes, ones, zeros, threes, they all look a whole lot alike. And I can't tell my husband if I spent $56 at the grocery store yesterday or $156 at the grocery store. Now, one last thing. We do get into a lot specifically related to podcasters and podcasting and what those numbers mean. But I also want you to think about this from and apply it to whatever kind of content you are creating in your business, because I think that it still applies. About Alicia, Alicia Galati is the owner of Galati Media, and she's actually been listening to podcasts since 2015. So as you can imagine, with all of that time put in, she does know what goes into creating a standout podcast that captures your audience's attention even before they press play. Alicia works with coaches and thought leaders and maintains over 50 podcasts and has developed a signature system for launching and managing so that people, podcasters, do not have to stress about anything falling through the cracks. She lives in sunny North Carolina, jealous with her two kids and husband. And when not helping her clients, Alicia can be found reading over 200 books a year, no joke, hiking and exploring the zoo with her boys. Her favorite podcast? Well, uh, Alicia's ears have been fine-tuned for high-quality audio, and she really doesn't listen to anything that is not great sound quality and impeccable, but she does love uh, storytelling podcasts like Greeking Out by National Geographic Kids, especially when she takes a long road trip with her kids. So I hope you love my interview and Alicia as much as I do. Hi, Alicia. Welcome back to the She Built This podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, my listeners have heard this a couple of times, but I've let them know that I'm having my favorite people back on the show this year as part of my go deeper, not wider personal life campaign. So you are one of those people. You are one of my favorite people there. I've said it uh, on air. <laughs> you too. <laughs> um, for those people who maybe don't know you and what you do, why don't you give us like kind of the bird's eye view of that? I did read your bio before you joined us. So, you know, 
we don't need every single detail, but give us a scope of what you do. Yeah. So I run a podcast production agency and we help thought leaders and business owners to have a podcast that they can really use to make a difference in the world and build their business and grow their thought leadership. So that's kind of what we do, but yeah, it's uh, definitely a passion. Well, now you have me asking or wondering what exactly is a thought leader? Yeah. So a thought leader, and there's obviously like tons of directions you can go with this, but when I think thought leader, I think someone who is standing out in the crowd of people in their industry. So you think of people like Simon Sinek, uh, John Acuff, people who are like challenging the status quo, kind of challenge the way things have been done in the past and how can we do them better in the future? Yeah. Oh, and that's what we're going to talk about right now is like looking at things in our past or in our um, stats and numbers and then looking at how we can do better in the future. So how long have you been in business now? I have been in the online space since 2015, I want to say it was. So we're looking at nine years. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Um, uh, and yeah. And what have you kind of like I guess as of now, then what are you sort of tracking as far as like just general numbers in your business? Like, I love this question because I love to hear what other entrepreneurs track as compared to what I track. Yeah. So since I have a team, there are very specific things that I track or that I like to track. The first being the team hours. So mm-hmm. in that, let me preface all this by saying I am a very hands-off type of boss. Like I do not require my team to track their hours when they're salaried. So I have one person who is 35 to 40 hours a week, like anywhere in there. I don't really care. You're going to get paid for 40. And the only thing that she tracks is specifically client related work. So if she's working on a client's podcast or if she's working on market research for something or things like that, whereas if she's answering emails or if she's doing something separate that's for our business, we don't track that as much. So we look at the timesheets more of where are, is our effort going towards for clients specifically. That way we can make sure that the money that we're bringing in is in direct correlation with how much time we're spending on the projects. So if there's a problem client and we need to let them go, like the numbers are going to tell us that pretty easily, as well as just mind, heart, gut. <laughs> like, yeah, is this a fit or not? And if the numbers don't really match as well, then it's a pretty easy decision, right? So that's one thing. Uh, I actually want to I want to start there because um, even as a solopreneur, that is something I track with every single project that I do. And at the end of the year, I kind of have a spreadsheet that has hours versus how much the project um, paid me. So I can see like what my my hourly rate was and then what my average hourly rate was per project. I can go back and look at the projects that were like very time consuming that I underestimated. I can see the ones that I overestimated. So what I love about that is exactly what you said. Then I'm using, I'm using my brain, I'm using my heart and I'm using my gut to make decisions when I'm moving forward and what kind of clients I want to work with. Like I can look at someone and be like, that was a great client, but I didn't charge them enough money or that was a terrible client, but they paid me a ton of money. So it's kind of like that sort of 
analysis that it allows you to do. And it takes the feeling out of it, right? So I'm someone totally. who I really don't love emotions. <laughs> I'm an Enneagram <laughs> one. We hate emotions. They're bad. <laughs> but we feel them. Like we really do. We feel them deeply. We don't like expressing them because that's bad. Um, and so like making decisions based off of emotions can feel really overwhelming and wrong in a lot of a lot of ways to an Enneagram one. And so when you have the information and the data to look at, you can even say, hey, I'm undercharging completely across the board. We need to charge more, which can feel really scary. But if the numbers are there to kind Mm -hmm. of guide you, it helps kind of take the emotions out of it. Yeah, I agree. Because that's we ask ourselves so much when we're considering our prices, like, we look at our worth, right? We look at like mm-hmm. us as human beings and it, it's, it, we're running businesses. So it's actually not about <laughs> your worth as a human being. You're already worth whatever price tag you put out there. Exactly. Yes. 100% agree on that. So moving on to more things uh, for team hours as well. We also track the training that our team does. So right now we are focusing really heavily on SEO and repurposing and finding more ways to be just more strategic for our clients because that's what they pay us for is to be strategic. And so making sure that my team knows what they're doing, that they're trained up entirely. And that way it's not entirely reliant on me to make those decisions. Next thing that we track is the revenue. So the overall monthly income bills that are that for that month, And that way I'm able to make decisions on where can we spend, where can't we spend? Oh, I'd like to do this team training. Okay, we might need to move that to a different quarter because of this, whatever bills are coming up. And so by looking at those numbers, it really helps me be able to see where we've been and where we're going, but also be very forward thinking, which helps a lot when running a business. And then client retention is one of the Mm -hmm. last things that we track. So since we do a service that is highly based on client retention, and yes, we have our three-month packages and things like that, we have clients that have stayed with us for years. So we look at that information. We look at the reasons for maybe a client might have left. Was it a mutual decision? Was it a bad fit? Was it that they were moving off of having a podcast? What kind of what were those decisions? And then that helps us to be able to understand maybe how we can mitigate that going forward, as well as make sure that the people that we're working with, that we are aware of maybe some timelines based on personalities and things like that. Yeah, I love that. And retention, I'm just curious, actually, since we're on the topic of how you actually track that, like, do you just keep track of like each month, how many clients you have or which clients they are? Yeah. So how many clients we have year, month over month, year over year and see what the growth is for that. And then how many, what's the percentage that have stayed? Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you find that maybe somebody else would track or another number that might be really, really important to somebody else that you're just like, yeah, I don't care. Like, like, I'll give you a good example. I don't really dig into my social media analytics very much, except you and I, and a, and a friend of ours, Lisa Zarotny, we've been working on LinkedIn together. So that is something I have actually been looking at the analytics of, but most social media analytics, I'm not really diving into very much. Yeah. So I actually don't track anything that I don't have a goal around. Hmm. 
And I think that's really important when you're looking at your numbers or when you're deciding what numbers you're going to look at, because it can be really overwhelming, right? Especially if you're someone who's like in the beginning stages of your business, it's easy to look at the numbers and let that distract you from going out and making the sale. Believe me, I know I've been there, done that. Do not like zero out of 10 would not recommend (laughs) doing that at all. So focus on what your goals are. Are your goals to grow your social media accounts? Well, why? First, I would say, why, why, why? Like three, why that (laughs) question. But if that is a goal, then sure, look at those numbers, track those numbers. If your goal is to increase your revenue, then okay, what numbers do you need to be looking at? Like we were talking about before, the hours that you put into projects, maybe the hours that you put into acquiring a client. Maybe you're someone who, I'm, I'm working with an editor and they do like, pre-work with like you send them one chapter to kind of get an idea. Is this a good fit or is it not? So if you're someone who does work like that, then track how many mm-hmm. people decide to sign on with you after doing that one thing. Is there something that you need to switch up there or do different in order to make that flow easier? So it really just depends on your business, right? Like everyone's going to track different things, but focus 100% on the goals. That way you can actually track things that are going to make a difference for a future where you're going. I love that because you can easily just get into these like vanity metrics, right? And just tracking things that are completely not important or that just have you taking steps in a, in 20 million different directions when we want to focus that direction that we're going and really working on the things that matter and move the needle. So really good reminder. <laughs> yeah. And, or you can end up getting into analysis paralysis, right? Where you're so overwhelmed by the numbers that you don't take any action. And like, there's fault in both of those ideas of having too many directions to go and then just spreading yourself too thin or just curling up in a ball. Cause you don't know where to go. Yeah. I love that. All right. Shifting gears. So I, I'm not going to tell the whole story here because I'll be telling it at the end, but, um, Alicia recently, really helped me to dive into my podcast listener numbers, Uh, not just listener numbers, but like all of these data points that had to do with my podcast. And it was so eye-opening because it not only let me know, like I already knew how many people were listening, but it let me know how long people were listening and which episodes they were choosing and which content they liked and which ones they went back to and listened to again. Like some, you can actually look at like which episodes get listened to twice or three times. And it's fascinating. So when you work with podcasters, what are the kind of numbers that you like, how do you tie that to people's goals when it comes to starting a podcast? And I think that this would apply to some other areas too. So when it comes to any type of content creation, so take it, I feel like we could take it from that standpoint, right? Like whether you're starting a YouTube channel, you're starting a podcast, you're deciding to blog regularly, any type of long form content, you have to make sure that there's a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is the reason behind it? Because you are going to put in time, effort, resources, and those those resources might be yourself. They might be um, hiring it out to someone. Like you're going to put in time and effort and the return on that investment is not going to be quick with long form content. It is a long game. So it's important to note that going in, right? Long form content is not going anywhere. 
I want to make sure that we talk about that real quick because yes, short form content is like big right now, but no one is making money on short form content. The short form content is meant to guide people to your long form content so they can know you, like you, trust you, buy from you, period. So you have to have that long form content where people can get to know you, get to like you, get to trust you. And not just, and not to mention new people too, right? Like long form content, for example, I'll just use a blog. That's how we bring new people into our world because they're looking for the things and we're writing about the things and we gave them the six steps and boom, you know? So I think that's important to remember too, is the long form content is also a, um, a way to bring new people into your world too. Yes, absolutely. And that's where it's really important, right? Is like when you're creating this content, it's important that with your goals in mind, you're meeting a need, right? Your audience member, your person who is Googling, they have a problem, you have a solution. So how do you get them from, I have a problem, Google, to here, you're at Alicia's website, you're at Emily's website, here's the solution to your problem. And hey, guess what? We do it for you. So here is how you can work with us if this feels really overwhelming. But you have to have that content there, right? So being very clear on what those problems are is, I think, first steps in creating any type of content that can turn those content absorbers, we're going to call them that, <laughs> into something that could someone who could potentially work with you. Um, so then what kind of things are you looking at when it does, when you are trying to make decisions, I guess, around choosing, like, for example, we can just use my podcast as an example, if you want. So, you know, my part of my why is that I love lifting up other women using this platform, this, she built this podcast platform. I love being able to bring these conversations into my group because I do have a community of women and these topics and resources are helpful to them. And it just brings in those resources in an accessible and, and cost-free way. So, and it opens up that discussion. So that is for, she built this for the, she built this podcast. That is my why in chatting with Alicia, I realized that sort of like what I thought I wanted the podcast to do was not actually what I wanted the podcast to do. And we're not going to get into the rest of that story right now. So where would you suggest somebody kind of start once they realize what that why is in determining like what numbers matter and what don't? So once you decide on what that goal is, then you can decide, okay, what kind of show do I want to have? What kind of content do I need to be producing? So for She Built This, let's use that as the example, the why being creating a community, engaging your listeners, bringing them together to in community, right? Like giving them content that they can use to be better people, to grow their businesses. Mm -hmm. That is going to be something that is very specific toward community building. And so your goals will tend to be around turning the listeners into Facebook member, Facebook group members, or turning those listeners into email subscribers, somewhere where you can take that relationship a step further. Now, if you are someone who's like, hey, I have a business about, say you're a photographer, right? You have a business that you are doing portraits for business owners or something like that. But you really like true crime. And you're like, look, I want to have a podcast about true crime. Just know that 
one, there's no problem with that. Hobby podcasts are great. Most of us listen to hobby podcasts, but know that that's not going to translate into leads for your portrait business. So you just have to be aware of that going into it and set realistic goals based on the content that you're creating, as well as the direction that you want to take the listeners, right? Because either you're going to create a community around people who are excited about portraits or like business stuff and hey you do portraits as well or you're gonna have a true crime community and like that's gonna feed you in a different way which this is why I don't think that there's a problem with either of those options I think as business owners especially as entrepreneurs it is so important that we have interests outside of our home life and outside of our business and if you would have asked me this four years ago, five years ago, I'd have been like, no, it's fine. Business in life. It's great. Like that's all you need. But I have never been a more well-rounded person than when I started joining the reading community. And like, it has nothing to do with motherhood, has nothing to do with being a wife, has nothing to do with being an entrepreneur. And I'm able to talk about things that interest me outside of my day-to-day, right? So I think that it's really important to note that you don't have to create content around your business. Just know that the goals are going to be different. Yeah. I love that reminder. Um, And I guess just another, like for those listening who might be like wanting to start a podcast or create content in that way, like what numbers, are there numbers that can tell you sort of whether or not you're going to be a good candidate for that to, to, to have a successful, let's say a business related podcast. Cause I think it is going to be a little dip, bit different if you want to talk about Ford trucks or true crime. Yes, <laughs> very, very true. So from a number standpoint, there's not a lot that is going to say you will succeed or you will fail. If you're someone who has a smaller audience, just know that the audience growth is going to be slower than someone who has hundreds of thousands of followers, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's just numbers. When it comes to things that are a little more tangible, I would say, or more feeling, that's right feeling rather than tangible, like numbers. We can talk feelings. (laughs) It's okay. I like feelings. (laughs) You really have to be clear on your message that I cannot express this enough in order to create long form content over the course of a very long time, because that's what you're going to do. You have to be clear on your message. You have to know exactly what it is that you need to talk to your audience about, and you need to be able to articulate it in a way that they can understand. I was talking to someone recently about this. She wanted to launch a podcast and she came to me and she's like, I want to launch this podcast. These are the ideas I have. Here's my credit card. And I was like, yeah, no, (laughs) no, no, no. Pause. Time out. (laughs) This is, I am not going to work with you because you're not clear on your message. You don't know how to articulate it yet in a way that your audience, your ideal audience would understand. And so your results are not going to be there for growth in the podcasting space. And so I told her, Hey, test this out on some smaller podcasts, get in front of other people, get in front of some audiences, see what questions that the hosts are asking you. So you can get a little more clear on the issues that your clients are struggling, potential clients are struggling with, the questions that audiences have, so that when you start the podcast, you know exactly how to speak to them. 
And I think that's so important, right? Like you hear the big guru say, everyone should have a podcast. I really don't think that's true. I think that you should be a few years in business. Focus those first few years on sales. Screw the content. <laughs> like long-term yeah. content can wait. You need to be making money, period. <laughs> Once you've got that under your belt, maybe you've hired someone to help you or support you. You feel really good. You've got some space to create this content. You're clear on the issues that your clients are struggling with. Then you start creating that content. So as from a feeling standpoint, I think that's really important. The only metric that I have found that says very point blank, someone should not have a podcast is if there are no podcasts about it, mm. like zero, nilch, nada. There might be podcast episodes about it, but there are no actual podcasts. That means there's not enough content yet to talk about this topic. So you think like AI chat, chat GPT. Yeah. I can never remember what that acronym. <laughs> it took me like three months, but I finally got it. <laughs> Obviously like people who are in the front of that, it makes sense to start a podcast on that. Cause you know that a like people were talking about AI before that came into the space, like six months before there were episodes on it. But here's an example. We had a client that wanted to do a podcast on GMOs. And we were looking, doing our market research, looking and see there were no podcasts about GMOs. Sure, there were a bunch of episodes about it, but no actual podcasts. So we decided we'll run a season of this just to test it out, just to see if it's a good fit. She had approached it from an SEO testing space anyway, but it was a topic she was interested in. So she wanted to see what she could do with it. And so really realize like, yeah, no, nobody really wants to hear about this topic. They would rather hear more well-rounded health topics yeah, with totally. GMOs sprinkled in there. So that is the only metric that I would say is like a hard no, you probably shouldn't go in that direction. I love the reminder to use, not not use, um, be a part of other people's platforms, guesting on shows, because here's what I find, and I'm sure you found this too in your journey, is we kind of like, you know, it does take a couple years to figure out what you're saying. And it does take practicing and saying your message over and over and over again until you're like, oh, that's my message. Like for me, I find a lot of that clarity comes as I start writing about something. And then as I write about it, I start to learn like what I really think and feel about it. Um, and so that's been really helpful. But also being a guest on other people's shows is really how I've gotten clear on what I really, really want to be saying. What I want even more than that, I'd say what I want to be known for or mm -hmm. have my name pop into people's heads when they think of this thing. So I love that reminder. And I think it's such a good place to start too, to even see if you like podcasting, because as a guest, you get a pretty good idea of what it's like to have a microphone in your face and how well you are at speaking. And so, so we all lose our words, but right. <laughs> it does teach you that you're either a good fit for this, um, a good candidate for this format, or maybe not so much. Yeah. And you can test your comfort level too. Right. So like, especially as an introvert, the idea of speaking on a huge stage is like, yeah, no, I'm good. I've done it. Like I've spoken in front of thousands of people before. I don't, I don't like it. Not a fan. So the idea of a podcast where I can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation that then gets disseminated to other people feels really good. To so the thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. Then to the thousands. That's fine. <laughs> 
So specifically for podcasters, um, what are some goals that they might have for their shows and how can they use their numbers or stats to see like how well that goal is doing? Because I'd love to tie the two back together, you know, numbers and goals. Yeah. So like I said at the beginning, don't track something if it's not tied to a goal. I think that's really, really, really important because you can look at the numbers and feel really overwhelmed. So if your goal is to increase your listeners, again, why? Really get into that why. Is that just part one of the goals or is it like the goal? So if your goal is to increase listeners and increase your thought leadership, sure. Okay. I see how that might tie in together, but just keep that in mind. But if your goal is to increase your listeners, then what you're going to want to look at is the number of downloads month over month, but as you grow year over year, right? So we had one client where she was like, "Ah, I'm not doing that great. Like I'm, I'm looking at these numbers. And I was like, but maybe if we look at the last 90 days, you don't feel like you did great, but you've literally tripled your numbers from last year mm. so like that's incredible that's great that means that people are going back and they're listening and they're they're engaging with your content and they're liking your content like that is really important so if your goal is to increase your listeners then look at those downloads time over time make sure that you're comparing it in a way that like makes you feel good too right like you're gonna have dips know that usually right around the start of summer there's always a dip Right around the start of fall, there's always a dip. And then if there's a political anything, there's going to be a dip at that time. And then the holidays, always a dip. So like, keep that in mind. So you have like three good months as a podcast, basically. (laughs) Soak them up. Exactly. So It's like like summer in New Hampshire, you guys. You know, you get three months. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, like, and that's why it's important to consistently show up. Because the thing about podcast listeners is that even though they might not be listening during that time, they're going to binge when they come back. Mm -hmm. And so if you fall off and you say, oh, well, nobody's listening, I'm not going to keep producing content. They're not going to have anything to come back to and they're going to find another show. And when you do decide, hey, I'm I'm back now, they're not going to be there anymore. They're very fickle. It's like that. Um, oh, my gosh. It's like, why do it, it when we say like, hey, I have this thing or I'm back, you know, people are like, yeah, now I don't care. You know, <laughs> why yep. do I care <laughs> now? You have to make me care all over again. <laughs> yes. And that's a struggle. Right. So, like, keep them engaged, even if and like you have my permission, full permission, as I like to say, to do this. If you are struggling with keeping up with your content and it's around the holidays or whatever, take your most downloaded episodes especially if you're over 50 episodes, grab one of those and reuse it. Maybe do a little intro that changes it up, creates a little extra engagement, something like that. Like you can still produce regularly, even when there's a struggle. Like I get it, right? Um, So also for those listening, this applies to written content as well. You know, you do not need to reinvent the wheel all the time. So you can re rinse, reuse and recycle. Yes, 100%. Now, if your goal is to get more leads from your podcast, then you need to be talking to your leads. Where did you find me? Are you a podcast listener? Ask them that question. Have it on your intake form. Ask them if you can send them an episode. It like 
I've done this before where I'll get on a call with someone and I'm like, oh, well, they're not a good fit right now. I feel like there's a little more they need to do, or maybe they're not financially ready to work with me. I will send them, hey, we talked about these things. And these are some things that I think would really work for your podcast. Here are some episodes I have on that. Here you go. And it really just gives them a clearer vision, right? Keeps me top of mind because I gave them a very catered list of things that they can work on. And it directs them to my podcast, which is coming out every week. So I know, hey, if they listen, they like it, then they stay. I'm going to be top of mind when they are ready to come back and work with me. So tracking those leads, you can also, and I've, I don't really like or hate this strategy, but interviewing potential leads with your show. So as a way mm-hmm. to say, hey, you can come on my show. I'm going to shout you out, blah, blah, blah. Really, you're probably in a funnel, that kind of thing. I've seen it happen. I don't like it or hate it. It's whatever, personal preference. But if that is your goal is to connect with people who you could potentially work with, then how many of those people do you actually take on to the next step ethically, right? Like we're not talking gross strategies here. We're talking, hey, I really want to talk to that person. And oh, wow, they need my help. Here's how I can help them, right? So tracking that as well, if that's the direction you want to go with, the lead side, but know that if your goal is to turn those guests into leads, then who cares about the downloads, yeah. right? That's not a number that you even need to be looking at or caring about because that's not the goal. If your goal is to show up as an expert or a thought leader, as we talked about in the beginning, then do more solo episodes and see how your audience engages with those. The way that you should track that is by looking at not just your podcast host. I know this can feel a little overwhelming. We'll talk about this with like where you might need help, right? You go into your podcast hosting platform. You might see a link to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, something like that. Pick your top three podcast listening apps and dig into the analytics there. There you will find it's going to be called a completion rate or average played. It'll be under episode performance, something like that, depending on the platform. And you'll be able to see a percentage of how much of an episode people are listening to. And this is what Emily alluded to earlier. If it's over 100%, say it's 110%, that means that that is content that your audience has come back to and re-listen. Like there are people who are re-listening and re-listening and re-listening. So when you look at that, it tells you, hey, I'm seeing a lot of higher percentage of finish for this episode than I am with my guest episodes. So that's your audience telling you, we like your solo episodes. We don't really care about the guests. We did this with a client recently. We are looking at those numbers and it was like a 20% difference. So her solos were getting 80, 90% finish rate and her guests were getting 60, 70% finish rate. And so she was looking at that and she's like, well, should I just not do guests anymore? And I was like, what's the reason for having guests? Is it to connect with that guest? Is it to put you in front of that guest to create some type of reciprocal collaboration later down the line like if that is the goal of having the guest then who cares about the finish rate because you're still meeting the goal of connecting with these people 
and having a podcast that your audience is enjoying, right? So you have to really like, yes, the numbers are great to look at, but don't make decisions based solely on them if you have other goals that you should be tracking as well. So I really just think it's important to know your goals first and foremost, set goals that are smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable. I want to say repeatable, but I don't think that's right. And then timely. So like put a time limit on that goal. (laughs) Um, And when do you think it would be like, when is a lot of people looking at spreadsheets or these listen rates, for example, um, and a lot of metrics when it comes to knowing our numbers, like when do you need to call somebody in from to get outside support on looking at your numbers? I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know where I need to take action. And then you're at the point where you're not going to take action or you're going to just try a million things. You're at that crossroad of like, it could go either way. Call somebody, right? Like just have someone come in and look at it with you. Explain it to you in a way that makes sense so that when you look at it, you feel less frustrated and less stressed out, right? And I think one of the things I loved about what you did is like, I can look at my numbers, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers, but I don't know what actions to take based on the information I'm getting. And that's what I really loved about like pulling in somebody to help me because you helped me take, you gave me a very specific blueprint. Like here is the recommendations for the, she built this podcast based on what we talked about and based on the numbers. So that's what I really, really love is you not only help make sense of it and make you feel less overwhelmed, but also give like a very clear option to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important too, is because yes, someone can tell you how to look at the numbers and like, yeah, this is what this means. And this is what that means. But what are you going to do with that information? Right? Like you don't just want to have it and be like, yeah, I know what these mean. And that's it. Great. Like you want to still take action because that's the only way you're going to achieve your goals. Yeah. And I think that comes to everything that we're creating. So I really, really love the reminder. Um, Alicia, how can people find and connect with you online? Yeah. So you can go to galatimedia.com, find everything there. If you're listening to this on your podcast listening app, go to listeners to leads and you can listen all about podcasting. Lots of podcasting stuff there. I highly recommend Alicia's podcast. I mean, it is like a masterclass every single time. It's so fantastic. And what you said about sharing your episodes that are relevant to people, like I love that because you have that. You have created a topic considering like what people's pain points are. And then you speak right to that in in a lovely way, like an actionable, digestible way. So big fan of Alicia and her podcast um, and highly recommend you check out listeners to lead. Thank you. Thanks for being my guest again, Alicia. This was so fun. Yes. And I'm sure we'll talk again like in five minutes. So bye. (laughs) To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.